From KBGA Radio and the Montana Kaiman, this is Missoula Community Weekly. I'm John Hooks. Welcome back to a new episode of Missoula Community Weekly. This week, we're continuing our coverage of the ballot measures in the upcoming midterm election. As I've been reporting on these initiatives and referendums, trying to put episodes together that are engaging without being too dry, I keep coming back to a few words. Boring, but important. Because ballot initiatives and legislative referendums are definitely boring, often intentionally so. But that's because they are so important. Ballot measures present the most direct way for voters to participate in the legislative process. If a referendum passes with a simple majority, it becomes law, as written, and it's not subject to amendment or revision by the government. And once passed, a law enacted through popular referendum can be extremely difficult to change or get rid of. Passing laws this way can give voters a chance to enact policy they support that would be hard or impossible to achieve through the normal legislative process. Take the successful referendums to legalize recreational marijuana use in states like Oregon, Washington, and Colorado. But they can also be an extremely effective way for special interests to present sprawling legal and constitutional changes to voters as deceptively simple yes or no proposals. For example, In 2016, Montana voters easily passed a ballot measure called Marcy's Law, which presented itself as a victim's rights bill for those affected by crimes. But a year after it was passed, the Montana Supreme Court struck down Marcy's Law because it had shoehorned multiple wide-ranging changes to Montana's constitution that had not been adequately explained to voters on the ballot. If you want to learn more about Marcy's Law and some of the shadowy political organizations behind it, check out our Dark Money Green Party series from August. This week, we're spending most of our time talking about Legislative Referendum 129, the ballot measure in this election that is definitely the most boring, but could be one of the most important. There are two types of ballot measures in this year's election. There are popular initiatives, like I-185, which we covered last week, which qualify for the ballot once they secure about 25,000 signatures through a petition. And there are legislative referendums. A legislative referendum is a piece of proposed legislation that is passed by a simple majority in the state legislature and then submitted to voters in the next election. Significantly, Legislative referendums are not subject to a governor's veto, like other bills passed in the legislature. Senator Albert Olszewski, a Republican from the Flathead Valley, introduced LR-129 as the ballot collection measure in the 2017 legislative session. The bill passed through the Republican Majority Senate 30-19 to and barely scraped through the House 51-49 to after a solitary Democrat supported the measure. 11 Republicans opposed the measure. 
The proposed law would make it illegal for a third party to collect or turn in a ballot for another person, with the exception of election officials, postal workers, caregivers, family or household members, and acquaintances. It requires any such individuals to sign a registry when they drop off someone else's ballot. They must also provide their address and phone number, as well as the name and address of the voter whose ballot they are submitting, as well as their relationship to that voter. No one may turn in more than six ballots for other voters, and anyone found illegally submitting ballots under this law could be fined up to $500 for each ballot. Senator Olszewski said his motivation for proposing this bill came from news reports in Missoula and Park counties during the 2016 election where voters called election offices, and in some cases the police, to report that canvassers had knocked on their door and asked voters if they wanted or needed to have their ballots collected and submitted on their behalf. Some of the voters said that once they gave canvassers their ballot, they were asked some exit poll questions about the ways they voted. These voters expressed concerns that canvassers might tamper with or throw away their ballots if they had voted for the wrong candidate. In Montana and many other states, canvassers from both parties, as well as nonpartisan groups like Montperg, will offer to collect voters early and mail in ballots on their behalf. This can be especially helpful to isolated rural voters and or elderly and disabled voters who would struggle to get to the polls on election day. It can also just simply save voters the cost of stamps to mail in their ballots. Olszewski and the other proponents of this bill say that allowing this practice potentially opens elections up to suspicious or fraudulent behavior and raises the specter of strangers knocking on doors and intimidating voters into handing over their ballots. This bill, they say, would prevent that problem by making it unlawful for strangers to collect or submit someone else's ballot. Opponents of the bill rightly point out that there is no obligation to hand over your ballot to a stranger or organization that you're not familiar with, and it is simply an option if you can't or don't want to do it yourself. They also point out that there has never been a single reported incident of third parties failing to deliver ballots they collected nor has there ever been evidence that one of these ballots has been tampered with. It is fairly common for partisan and nonpartisan organizations to ask voters exit poll questions after they voted, whether at the polls or their own front door. But there is no evidence that a voter's answers to those questions affect how their ballots are treated. Voters are also completely free to decline to answer any questions they're asked about their ballots. Opponents of this referendum, who include the ACLU of Montana, argue that this bill would needlessly legislate a problem that doesn't exist and would only result in disenfranchising rural and disabled voters who rely on third-party ballot collection. The specter of voter fraud and ballot tampering is one that is often raised and one that, on its surface, can seem reasonable. The integrity of elections is critically important to democracy, but it's always important to state that repeated investigations have found that there is no significant or coordinated measure of voter fraud in the United States or in Montana. It is a problem that does not exist in any real way, 
and efforts to legislate against it, including LR-129, almost invariably end up disenfranchising vulnerable voters rather than protecting democracy. But LR-129 isn't the only one on the ballot this year. And the other referendum is one you may have heard a little bit about. It's LR-128, or the Six Mill Levy. Melissa Leverage has more. It's renewed every 10 years, and it allocates somewhere in the neighborhood of $200 million for the Montana universities. The Six Mill Levy. It's a Montana property tax on the ballot this November. The Six Mill has been in place since 1948. It provided nearly $20 million to Montana universities in 2016 and 2017. That number accounts for roughly 10% of state funding for higher education. Kaiman columnist and fifth-year political science student Ethan Newman is well-educated on the subject, educated enough to write an opinion piece concerning the tax and its opposition. What, it, what really comes off as to me, they just don't like to pay taxes. Um, and they are spinning this off as a new tax. But the six mil isn't a new tax. It's been around for 70 years, and it costs the average Missoula taxpayer and property owner roughly $30 a year. It's an established enough tax that Maggie Bornstein, a campus ambassador for the six mil, said she considers it a Montana tradition. And it's really key to recognize that it's not a new tax, just a renewal that we're voting on, um, which we do vote on every 10 years. The general argument against the six mil levy is that college enrollment is down in Montana, as it is across the nation, and the taxpayers shouldn't feel the need to pay for what some may consider a broken system. It doesn't seem like it has anything really to do with Montana specific. It just seems like a group of people who don't like to pay taxes. According to Montana Public Radio, support for the six mil has slowly been dropping over the past several decades. In 1988, it garnered 64% of the vote. In 1998, that dropped to 61%. A decade ago, in 2008, it passed with 56% of the vote. So what would happen if the six mil doesn't pass? Without the six mil levy, tuition would go up by at least 18% across the state, so at eight, all eight public colleges and universities. Um, so a you know, a sizable portion of funding that not only UM, but MSU, uh, Montana Tech, all Montana colleges have been relying on for a very long time, would dry up. Montanans will vote on the seemingly controversial six mil levy this coming November. It appears on the ballot as legislative referendum number 128. And when is the election? November 6th. You can vote early um, and you can vote absentee. If you liked this week's episode of Missoula Community Weekly, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to catch up on our old episodes and keep up to date with our future work. Thanks for listening.